Today is February 15th, 2021. I'm Blake Oliver, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast. From where I sit in Scottsdale, Arizona, it's looking more and more like 2021 is going to be another year of remote work, or at least spring and summer is. According to the Wall Street Journal, Labor Day is an increasingly popular target date for employers to bring workers back to the office. Grant Thornton, for instance, said that it expects most of its 8,500 workers to return to the office in late summer or early fall. And when they do, it will be with flexible schedules so that not everyone is in the office at the same time. Remote work, at least in some respects, is here to stay. And that's the topic of today's episode. The following is a conversation between me and Ed Kless, recorded during the quarterly call for the Sage Accountants Network this past summer. You can hear more from Ed Kless on a Sage Advice podcast. Search for Sage Advice podcast and subscribe to hear Ed's entertaining and educational interviews with thought leaders across the accounting profession. And now, here's Ed. Blake, welcome to our show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, it's been amazing watching what's happened over the last uh, month, few months with you know firms that are fully virtual firms that already have embraced remote work, being able to continue essentially business as usual when it comes to their operations. Obviously, disarray when it comes to tax, when it comes to PPP, when it comes to helping clients, but at least they're not dealing with technology problems right now. And then you have, of course, the firms that had to scramble. Uh, But what has been amazing is that firms figured out how to do it, right? So after 20 years of partners saying, no, we can't go remote, they figured out how to do it. It's impossible. It's impossible for our tax department to operate remotely. And I I think I heard that for the first or second week that this broke out, and then all of a sudden, well, we figured it out. (laughs) Somehow we figured it out. So it's really astounding how many people are working remote currently. Uh, McKinsey did a study, and they do these great reports. I don't know how they turn these out. They just must have a massive number of people working on this. Uh, They found that the share of professionals, people in professional and business services working fully remote went from 5% pre-COVID-19 to 74% during COVID-19. So three quarters of us across all professions and business services are now working 100% remote. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. It is amazing. Now, certainly there's not going to replace all for all time the, as I like to call it, the belly to belly conversation. You know, we're going to need to collaborate. And I think it also helps if you have a a current team that you're working. If you know the people that you're working with, it's certainly harder to inculcate culture in organizations where you don't have a physical presence or people coming into it. But I look at and I got to say that I was a remote employee from day one at Sage and never had a that I had to go to. So it can work. I'm here 17 years, must be doing something right. Yeah, there's definitely ways to do it. I think you have to be a little more purposeful about it, right? You can't just walk around the office and establish culture that way. Although I I never thought that was a really great way of, you know, building culture was to walk around (laughs) distracting people from their work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Managing by wandering around, yeah. Yeah. So, but but you know what's interesting uh, to go back to that argument against working remotely. One of the arguments has always been that people won't be productive or that you don't know what they're doing. Right? They'll just goof off and watch Netflix, and that is not true. Uh, and and this is basically the biggest study of remote work that has ever been done in the history of the planet. 
when it comes to professionals. Uh, and a recent survey by Fishbowl found that in the accounting profession, 54% of professionals are actually working more hours since the quarantine started. All, all professionals are working more and some are working a lot more. So uh, this is not specific to accounting, but just professionals in general. 19% are working 10 hours more than they were working before. And you wonder what, why is that? Well, maybe it's because they're not commuting, you know, an hour each way to work <clears throat> in a lot of cases, like I was doing in LA for a while. Um, 19%, six to 10 hours more, 17%, one to five hours more. Only about a quarter of folks are working any less. So another, another argument against you know, remote work demolished here. Uh, what's crazy is that these professionals who are working more, you think, well, maybe they wanna go back to the office after this is all over. 54% of accountants, I said, are working more hours. Well. 59% would prefer to work remotely forever. Yeah. So we're happy to work more hours if we don't have to commute and we get the flexibility yep. of being at home. Totally get that. I mean, and, and I think, look, I've been an advocate of, a, of what's called ROWE, R-O-W-E, for a long time, ever since I read Jody Thompson and Carrie uh, Ressler's book, Why Work Sucks and How to Fix It, maybe 10 years ago. Um, and I've had a chance to have Jody more recently on, on my po podcast, but she's got a which I think really summarizes what we're experiencing is we have to change our minds from thinking from work as a thing or a place we go to a thing we do, right? Mm -hmm. So work is a thing we do, not a place we go. We, we, can, we can work anywhere. And, and you know, she says, look, if, if you are uh, positioned so that the results of what your job is supposed to be are, are expected and we understand what the results are, the outcomes are, well, then you don't have, it doesn't matter whether you're working from home, from an office, from, from the Starbucks, following what's left of the Grateful Dead <laughs> around, right? It, it doesn't matter as long as you get the results. And I think that's what we're seeing. And I'm even seeing that people are not only increasing the number of hours, but getting higher quality results. Yeah. One thing that I love, uh, that we do at my company. So I work as director of marketing at Giraffe. That's my day job. The podcast, unfortunately, is not quite lucrative enough to become my full-time gig yet. Someday. Uh, we have a results-oriented work environment. I do not have hours that I work. None of us, we're a startup, right? We're a software company. Nobody has time for that anyway, to, to manage people in that way. So I start when I wanna start. I take breaks when I wanna take breaks. And so, I've found that my ideal flow in the day is to get two to three hours in the morning. I, I kind of start later than most folks, right? Get started around nine, 10, do a couple hours in the morning, take a lunch, do a couple hours in the afternoon, go to the gym, work out, swim, right? Phoenix, it's 110 degrees. That's when you get outside, you go in the water. And then I come back, have dinner, and I clock in you know, another two or three hours in the evening when my son is asleep. And that works great for me. It doesn't work for everyone but I get way more productivity than if I was just sitting at my desk from nine to five. Sure. Hey, I just wanted to turn our attention left. We're about halfway through our time together. I knew that this was going to fly by as it, as it would, but I think one of the best lines of the COVID scenario, especially with related to uh, the uh, payroll protection program uh, and said, you know, if, if the I think it was would just stop clarifying their clarifications, it would make my life a lot easier. <laughs> yes. And, um, <laughs> So, so talk a little bit about that. I know most of the folks on the line are probably curious, but give, give us some, some insight as to what you saw with regard to payroll protection plan and really any of the, the legislation that came out of COVID. 
Yeah, I, I, we did learn some lessons from the Great Recession. And I had just entered the working world at that time. So I was you know, very aware of what was going on. And it's interesting to compare the Great Recession response with government stimulus to now. And the thing we learned about the Great Recession is that if you attach too many strings to the stimulus, it won't get out there, it won't be helpful, it won't happen fast enough. And that was right, the big, one of the big failures of the Great Recession is the Fed did not act swiftly enough to provide funding to the banks and you know, all these other institutions, non-banks, whatever. They did that this time. But you know, Congress still hasn't learned this lesson. And so with the PPP, they, instead of making it a you know, grant to small businesses, which I think it should have been, to make things simple, they attached all these strings, making it a paycheck protection program and requiring that businesses use a certain percentage on payroll costs and it has to be spent over this period. And it's just way too much for small business owners to figure out. Only the ones who have accountants can actually really take advantage of this thing. If I'm an accountant, I'm a CPA, and I have trouble figuring this stuff out. So how is your regular business owner gonna do it? So my fear with this program is, even though now Congress has passed some rules that you know loosen the restrictions, we still got them, and that most of the businesses that really needed this money didn't get it uh, up front. Mm. You know, and so like it, it should be a grant. It should just be you know Gene Marks is out there today saying um, that this should be turned into a grant program. Just get rid of this requirement completely. And I, I think I agree. Yeah, I mean it's a little bit different. I mean the argument that I've heard against that we're not we're not uh, forgiving the the loans of college folks at so that the, the, it, wouldn't that be the same thing? A little bit different here. In fact, I I kind of refer to the time that we're going to Great Suppression. This is what we're because we because really it was government putting pause and hitting pause and saying shelter in place that we it w yeah. wasn't a choice. Right. So in a way, it was a takings, if you will, that was it was it was it was taken away. It wasn't that there was a, a lack of demand. And I think that's the other big difference, too, is what's been previously happened is was was demand side. This was supply side. Right. This was clearly a stop to the supply. But we got about four minutes left. And, and one of the most interesting questions that I've been thinking about is we we, we, we saw certainly that people are working from home and that's great. What do you think's not gonna stick? What do you, what, what do you think that's we're doing now is we're gonna go, yeah, that would that then yeah, no, let's go back. Let's do something, let's go back the way it was. Yeah, so we went from five percent to seventy-four percent working from home. We're gonna settle somewhere in the middle, I think, in the end. So it's gonna be a dramatic increase in professionals working from home. Won't stay at seventy-five percent, no way. Won't stay at seventy-five. But it'll be a big change. What is not going to stick is uh, virtual conferences. I think these are garbage. I have not been to a virtual <laughs> conference that I enjoyed. I mean, you know, we've already got webinars, right? And webinars are great because you can take an hour out of your day to get some CPE and stuff. And, and you know, really the whole point of a conference is like, obviously I love going to your sessions, Ed, like those are the reason I go to conferences. But then other than that, it's just to network with people and talk to people, right? I mean, it's like to be with people. So if you take that mm -hmm. element away, I just don't think they have the same value, which is why you see so many groups just canceling and not even trying to do a virtual conference. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with AICPA Engage this year because they are going the virtual route. I just don't think it'll be the same. Yeah, certainly. I mean, unless you can get onto a, a, a go-to webinar and just ra randomly see people and say start up conversations with them, it's just a, just not quite the same, you know, and, and I think that's part of the challenge. That's an opportunity, right? If somebody can solve that with technology, with video conferencing to create that feel of being at like a mixer, then you'd have you'd have something there.
No, wasn't that Second Life? That's the, the Second Life kind of thing, right? I don't know if you are you you might know. Were you around for the the that that first cut of Second Life? Uh, I I was, and my brother was really into it. He played it a lot, and I would like walk up behind him and and think, "What is going on here? You know, get outside." But then I became an accountant, so I showed him. Right at the time, I do remember doing some research into it, and and IBM was actually the largest single property holder in Second Life. Really? So, yeah. You can actually yep. make so money, that, right? Selling property and stuff like, and, and that was an early example. And now it's very common, you know, all right. Well, well, and before we had blockchain and Bitcoin, well, I guess that was around two, but there was the Linden dollars, the guy who was, uh, was Linden. And there was, you know, some problems with that too, because people were trading stuff uh, on the, on the, on the down low with the, with the Linden dollars. So, um, but interesting stuff, about, about a minute late left, uh, Blake and uh, ask you what what do you what do you think has changed about you in in this in the in this time has, has something really impacted you that says you know i'm a i'm a little bit different than what i what i was coming into this that's really interesting um well i realized that like the i don't need actually a lot of things because when we left los angeles to come here to phoenix we thought it was just going to be for a couple of weeks and we ended up staying now for over two months. And we filled our car with, you know, we have an SUV, so we can bring a good amount of stuff, but like, you know, one trunk load of things. And I have been living out of a suitcase with my devices and been very happy. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what is in my apartment in Los Angeles that I actually need? So maybe that has changed things, which actually I hope that the average consumer doesn't have that takeaway because we are a consumer driven economy and if people stop buying things we're in real trouble so uh don't don't take anything away from this don't change your own behavior guys well, it's funny you know and it's it, subscription 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 has been my kind of mantra through yeah. this and that, you know I, what why we subscribe to clothes let's subscribe to the uh, subscribe to all of those things that's that's probably yes. my, my, my the answer well, and actually, Ed, that's really a great insight because my consumption of subscriptions has only increased, right? I now subscribe to all of the streaming platforms. I subscribe to multiple <laughs> music services. I mean, and it's 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 great. Like, this is money I used to spend going out. Now I spend it on all of these subscriptions to stay entertained at home. Uh, you know, my son has his own streaming services, like, and he's five. So uh, that, that part of the economy is doing pretty well, I guess, which is good. It's good. It, that some it is. It's actually growing. It's one of the one of the sectors that is going well. Gr Blake, this has been great. Really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Raphael, come on back in here and take us forward. But uh, Blake Oliver, uh, Cloud Accounting Podcast. Listen to it. You can find it at where can you find it, Blake? CloudAccountingPodcast.com. Cloud Search Dot for com. it on your iPhone. Go into Apple Podcasts. Search Cloud Accounting Podcast, and uh, I'm at BlakeOliver.com. Outstanding. Thanks, Blake. That's it.